Hi, everybody. I should have probably adjusted the microphone prior to talking, but I figured why not? I'll do it as I as I do it. Um, hey, it's uh, my podcast, TooLazyToWrite.com, and over the last couple of weeks, I think I've been a little bit too lazy to, to talk to podcast. Um, I've been trying to get some, some new guests. I've had some great guests so far. Um, just to recap, we had uh, last podcast was uh, Canadian comedian Simon Rakoff. Uh, prior to that, we had Canadian uh, filmmaker um, Ezra Soiferman. Prior to that, and I might be getting the order mixed up, we had my Virginia-based barber, uh, Dustin Foley, Dustin Foley from the Neighborhood Barbershop. And prior to that... We went all the way across the pond and spoke with Stan Cullimore of uh, the House Martins. You remember them. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been listening, actually, uh, to a lot more of them. And my daughter recently uh, started listening to ABC. We were listening to The Look of Love the other day in the car, just jamming out to that. Um, so as a father, I think I've done okay because, you know, she, uh, she likes The Look of Love. And other stuff. This morning on the way into school, we were listening to All Night Long by Lionel Richie. And I had this <laughs> this thought that, um, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, he was writing the song and it was going really well. And he, he thought he had a hit and then he thought he needed a little something extra. So he, um, or the songwriter, I don't know. And I'm making this up. I don't know if Lionel Richie ever did cocaine. Uh, <laughs> but I just envision somebody snorting a line of cocaine and going, Jumbo, says said Jumbo, yeah, Jumbo, Jumbo. And Lionel going, that is, that's the bridge we're looking for right there. Can we get a little more cocaine to finish that thought? <laughs> And that's what happened. Um, I think there's been a lot I wanted to talk about just to ramble on for like 45 minutes and see if anyone will listen to me. Um, and of course, I thank you for listening to this because uh, this is just nonsense. Um, but so lately, I, I'm, I think I've mentioned this before. We're now, we've been in now in this new house since uh, mid-July, early August, I guess. Um, we live on a street where there's kids and neighbors that are friendly um, and uh, dogs. And we have a, like a neighborhood pool in our backyard, which is nice. Um, except when we first moved in, we realized we actually share an address with the pool. And, uh, so for the first little while, these delivery men, pizza and, well, mostly pizza would, would come to the door and I'd be like, who oh, the fuck ordered pizza? It's just me. Why didn't I order four pizzas? Um, and then I caught on and was like, oh, you want to go next to the next driveway down? It's the, uh, it's the pool. They ordered it. But, but then one more, one afternoon, uh, Uber Eats showed up with, um, a Jamba juice, which has to be <clears throat> probably in terms of like dollar return on what you're, you're buying or, you know, I don't know how much Uber Eats is, but I imagine the Jamba juice was probably like four bucks at the most. So this probably cost the person like $12 when they could have just gotten their car. But I don't know actually where there's a Jamba juice near me. So, so yeah, the house is uh, great. And so what was, well, it's not funny, but so, um, I think it was two weekends ago, the, uh, the neighbor's daughter 
rang the bell, little girl. She's probably about 10 maybe. And she's crying and crying. I don't know what the hell's going on because I'm upstairs in my underwear and I'm not about to go downstairs. So Jen answered the door. For those new to the podcast, my wife's name is Jennifer. So, um, so Jen answers the door and she's, the kid's upset and she's like, don't worry, don't worry, I'll help you. And uh, she comes, Jen, Jen, like, just hold on a second. She shuts the door and she's like, okay, the kid lost, their dog got out and she needs us to get her dog, our dog to attract her dog because her dog responds well to other dogs. But you see, Jen thought it was a different kid with a different dog. Turns out she was wrong and she brings our dog out on leash and this other dog comes in and is barking and it bites her. It bites my dog Juno twice uh, on the neck and on the torso. Okay. So Juno gets bitten and uh, Jen's, you know, we got to get her to the vet. We got to get Anyway, it's like six o'clock, seven o'clock, maybe on a Saturday night. So we have to go to the emergency vet. Anyway, long story short, everything works out fine. But so we get to the vet and as we're walking in, uh, this technician or a nurse or a veterinarian's assistant, I'm, I'm not sure what they would be referred to as, um, so I'm covering all my bases. They wheel in like this incubator looking thing that's got, compa it's compartmentalized. And in one compartment, there appears to be a lizard with an IV on it. And then in the middle compartment, there's three compartments, I should have mentioned that, there's nothing. Um, and they're all separated by plexiglass. And in the far compartment is what appears to be a hamster. Okay. So we, um, we sit down and we're waiting in the waiting room, you know, they, well, they take the dog back and they're going to evaluate her and see what's up. And, um, oh shit, I just look, I'm sitting here and I wrote, oh yeah, my son. Oh wait, 11, five. Oh, that's November. We're good. Okay. never mind. So, um, <laughs> this is what happens when you sit in your, in your, um, makeshift office. Uh, anyway, so we're sitting there and there's these two women across from us who I, I have described to other people when I tell this story that, and I hope I'm not ruining the movie, but had Thelma and Louise lived, okay, at the end of that 1991 movie, this is who they are now. And they're sitting across from me and they... Uh, the cigarette smoke is just, the smell is just, you know, permeating the, uh, the veterinarian waiting room area and they're mumbling to each other. When am I going to see my hamster? What's going on with the hamster? We've been here for two hours. Where's a hamster? They didn't talk like that, by the way. Um, so I said, uh, I said, Oh, I saw the hamster get wheeled by with the lizard uh, earlier um, in like an incubator thing. Well, I said, what happened to the hamster? And, and all they said to me was, it was work-related what happened. So, so, I mean, you know, first, my first thought is, you, you, a hamster gets hurt, just go buy another hamster. Like, you know, hamsters. But then my second thought, of course, went to, you know, funneling the hamster up somebody's ass. But then I looked at these two women and I was like, there's no possible way that these ladies are, uh, 
two sex workers. I mean, maybe they were. I don't know. Maybe they were Northern Virginia's finest. But my best uh, guess would have been that they were uh, cleaning a third grade classroom and the hamster got out. That's the best thing I could come up with because I don't want to go the other way where there's, you know, toilet paper rolls and, uh, you know, Richard Gere's, you know, open anus. So anyway, that's the end of the hamster story. <laughs> Who thought you'd be getting a hamster story today? So, um, yeah, so that goes back to the house. The house is great and <laughs> the neighbors are great and the kids are great. And, um, and it's Purim today. Chag Purim, Chag Purim, Chag Chadol. I had one too many chaz. Oh, chag, had, chag gadol, hayahudim. Um, so this again uh, reminds me of another story. As I as I huh out the Jewish words. Wow, you should have seen the uh, the spike in the um, in the uh, sound wave when I cut it. <laughs> okay, so um, my daughter, my lovely daughter. She um, was involved a couple months ago in this Broadway revival night at uh, at her at her high school, and it was great. They did a bunch of songs from from you know Broadway shows that have been revived in the past uh, and are currently actually on Broadway. Um, they ended with um, the finale from Once on This Island, and we dance. It was wonderful. It was so Caribbean inspired watching all of these mostly um, white middle class children sing a song. Clearly written to be sung with a tinge of Caribbean in your voice, but I digress. So, um, the second act opens and it's great. Like all the kids are great. And the thing I've noticed about living in America is that like they go bonkers for these Broadway nights and uh, choral recitals and band evenings. Like these are like what I saw, like we were at one a year or so ago, it was a Christmas concert. And I fully expected at the end, like snow to fall from the, from the rafters and Santa to come out and a bunch of elves to, you know, cartwheel across the stage. Like they really go all out and they're, these things are great. So, um, the, uh, the show begins uh, the second act, and, and this guy comes out, this, this very, very, um, I'm going to say Gentile-looking child, blonde hair, blue eyes. I mean, when you think of Tevya the Milkman, this is not the, uh, the kid that pops into your head. But he comes out. And, uh, you know, he's wearing a, like one of those, like uh, paperboy, poor boy caps, you know, and he's got a white shirt on and a vest and he's wearing as a, a tzitzitz, he has wrapped a talus. It's an official talus. Like I could tell from where I'm sitting, this is a talus, uh, for those of you, uh, for the many Gentiles in my, uh, in my listening audience, a talus is a Jewish prayer shawl. Uh, worn by uh, a boy after bar mitzvah age. Many women also these days wear them. It's not uncommon. And um, anyway, so uh, Google it, tell us. Uh, so the kid comes out wearing a talus wrapped around his waist like a sarong, uh, white boy, and he's like, 
a fiddler on the roof. Sounds crazy, no? But in my little town of Anatevka, yeah, I'm buying this, buddy. So then he goes into um, If I Were a Rich Man. He, by the way, left out the line about the stairs going up and stairs going nowhere. I, that's one of my favorite lines in the song. But so he, he, if I were a rich man, said, and it's good. I mean, his yiddle, diddle, 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 dumbs were very pronounced. Yiddle, diddle, 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 dum. If you have a chance, by the way, uh, listen to Cannonball Adderley's jazz rendition of the Fiddler on the Roof score. It is just bam. You'll love it. Um, so uh, so then he ends with To Life. or No, sorry. He ends with uh, Rich Man. He's a rich man. Um, anyway, he ends with Rich Man. And then the curtains open, and it's like the the barroom, you know, scene where where Muttle the tailor approaches Tevya. No, sorry, not Muttle the tailor. Um, he she marries Muttle, whoever the guy is that he's supposed to marry Muttle. I don't remember now. Um, but they start singing to life, and this is like, you know, they should have consulted a Jew. Because, first of all, the tallest thing was wrong. Uh, all they, if they wanted to do away with, you know, if they wanted to create the illusion of tzitzits, all they really had to do was just like, you know, get some um, yarn and, you know, tack it under the guy's shirt. My phone's ringing, but I'm going to ignore it because you know what it is? It is spam. I know it's spam. Uh, so then the kids start singing to life and he's doing this and it's killing me. And this is why they should have asked one Jewish person. He was singing to life, to life, lahayim, 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 to life. And it was driving me bonkers. Chayim, chayim. All I wanted was one ch, and they couldn't do it. Other than that, great show. Loved it. Loved the show. Although one of the costumes, it was, it was supposed to be a purple zoot suit. And the, the hips on the suit, uh, not on the performer, but the cut of the pant. It was like one of those Halloween, you know, 1920s uh, zoot suit guy costumes. Well, the cut on the pant was very wide and the poor performer looked like Grimace. I felt so bad for them. But aside from that, <clears throat> loved every minute. Actually, those are two of the reasons I did love it. I mean, aside from the mild irritation of To Life, To Life, L'Chaim. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's uh, kind of my son played football. I haven't talked about, like, stuff that's been going on, but my son played football back in, uh, in the late summer and uh, early fall, and his team made it all the way to the championship, and they lost by a field goal, which was very unfortunate, and the guys were just, you know, heartbroken. But again, it's one of these things that as a Canadian, uh, well, I'm sure it probably, it exists in Canada. I know that. But, you know, I never, my, my children, I was never really big into team sports. Um, and my brother played rugby, my younger brother, so he can attest to probably the bonding that he knows some filthy songs. Um, but he can attest to, uh, 
to the uh, to the camaraderie that's built up between uh, teammates. But my son and these kids and the coaches, they really were just the the best, the absolute best. And uh, at the end, they their hearts were broken. This team, uh, but but you know they did great. They they came back in that final game, and it was really something spectacular to watch. And uh, I got to uh, work the work the chains on the sidelines, which was fun. Didn't really know what the hell I was doing the first game, but then I was like, "This is the best!" And people hated it. People were like, "Oh, I don't want to work the chains." I'm like, "I'll gladly work the chains. All you got to do is flip downs, but you get yelled at." I missed. It was a third down, and then they converted to the first down, and I didn't flip it fast enough. And people are yelling at me from the sidelines. First down! It's first down! I was like, I know. I'm sorry. Oh my god! Can't you see? I'm taking a selfie with the stick. I mean, this was important to me. And if you go to my Instagram page, the real John Bakes, I think it's just Johnny Bakes, um, you'll see that selfie. You're going to have to scroll through a lot of shit, but you'll see it. Um, what else has been going on? So much. Uh, what, we went a couple weeks ago in, uh, in Washington, D.C., where we live, just outside of Washington, D.C. We went to see um, the one and only Joe Jackson at the Lincoln Theater. <laughs> in, in the window of the Lincoln Theater is this giant revolving uh, head of Abraham Lincoln, which Chloe thought was actually Lincoln. Um, she thought it was his head. And I didn't have the heart to tell her that Lincoln's head was not three and a half feet tall. Uh, he was America's most gargantuan president. But it was, of course, a great show. He's got a new album out called Fool. And uh, one of my very first, I think my second podcast guest, Doug Yowl, 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 he was, uh, he played on the, uh, on the album. It was Doug and Teddy Kumpel and um, uh, Joe's longtime bassist, Graham, maybe. And they played on the album. Uh, and, uh, and then they uh, toured with it. And we were lucky enough to see them on, I think, maybe the third date of the show. And it was fantastic. I know they're in Europe now. And I've kept in touch with Doug. He's since become a friend. Um, just a wonderful guy. And, um, of course we got to see him after the show, which is always, you know, just wonderful. Um, I'm using that word a lot. Um, and now they're off in Europe posting photos of this, you know, they're in Rome and Italy and places I've never been. I don't even know where they are on a map. Couldn't find them if I, if I tried. So that's, I mean, there's been really a lot going on and it's, it's, um, so to, to dial it back a bit, we moved here in uh, August of uh, 16, I think, 16, 17, yeah, August of 16. Yeah, this August, it'll be three years. And um, I'm gonna, I was really fucking depressed when we moved here. I was, uh, I was not enjoying my role, um, you know, and it, it was, it was tough. I think it was tough for all of us. You know, I know that I was an asshole to, you know, most of my family, if not all of them, except maybe the dog and the cat. Um, so, uh, but God bless Will Butrin. Uh, but, um, but after two years, things got better. So I think, you know, that if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're moving to another, I don't want to say another town in the same country because that could be easier. I don't know if it takes two years. I've never had to do that, but I think moving to another country, 
and hoping uh, that things are going to go smoothly from the get-go, it ain't going to happen. Um, there's definitely an adjustment period, and I was naive, and I was uh, silly, and I didn't know, I didn't expect it, and it, it bothered me. But two years in, a little over two years in, um, things started to get better, and we were able to, or at least I was able to find people who I can call friends now, which is important. Um, I'm feeling better. And, um, those are just a few things I was able to, you know, I found this film festival that I volunteer at and I quite enjoy it. Uh, if anybody knows of any grants that I should apply for, please let me know. Uh, email me, <laughs> email me, uh, Johnny Bakes, uh, 71, Johnny Bakes 71 at gmail.com or comment on uh, the website there too lazy to write.com. There's a little form you can fill out there. Um, and like I, I had like so much I wanted to just you know ramble on about, and it's all I should have written some of it down because, you know, I I can't really remember any of it. Um, one of the things I did I did want to talk about was um, the way we talk about animals and how um, people are very proud of themselves when they rescue a dog or a cat or maybe a hamster like those, like Thelma and Louise did. <laughs> um, everybody, you see the bumper stickers. Oh, speaking of bumper stickers, by the way, I digress for a second. It's the second time I say I digress, but the third time. Um, I saw somebody the other day at a bumper sticker that was like so-and-so, it's somebody's name, for city council. I was like, if you're going to, fuck up your bumper like city council is where you're starting that is i mean i get congress i get you know senator i i really understand president down here you you know um but city councilor first of all the city councilor had a budget for bumper stickers number one number two i should think the only person with the bumper sticker that says vote you know al jones for city council is that person who the, who is mucking up their car for a city councilor i mean i've seen actually down here teslas with 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 bumper stickers and i think to myself how wealthy are you that you can deface your tesla would you put a bumper that's a it's an expensive vehicle would you put a bumper sticker on a rolls royce i don't think you would on a porsche no um the fuck was I talking about? Oh, uh, dogs. Yeah. And, you know, you see that my favorite breed is rescue. Um, ask me about my rescue. And then you'll see people at the dog park or out walking. You know, what kind of dog do you have? Oh, it's a rescue. We're not really sure what it is. We think it's a husky Doberman mix. Uh, the vet says there could be some uh, Bichon in there, but we're pretty confident it's a husky Doberman. But my husband says there might be some pointer in there because of uh, how the dog stands at attention. And you're like, okay, it's a dog. I mean, it's great you rescued it, but I want to take it one step further. And when I see or talk to somebody who I know, um, but no, forget that. I am going to start to refer to, if my next car is a used car, I'm not going to call it a used car. What'd you get your car? Oh, it's a used car. I rescued it. It is a rescue. My car 
is a rescue. Oh, what kind of car do you have? Well, let me tell you. It's a rescue. It's, um, it's a Toyota body, but I'm pretty sure it's got some Honda under the hood. You know, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm actually quite certain. Uh, the way it revs really says um, Honda, but, you know, um, my partner thinks there could be a little Hyundai in there, too. Could be mixed in with a little Hyundai. I don't buy it. I'm glad you have a rescue. I mean, I don't, my dog's a golden doodle. I got her from somebody. Did I rescue her? I don't know. I don't know. They were moving to China. They couldn't take the dog. Got the dog. Now the dog's here. Love, love, love my dog. Got a new bowling ball, too, the other day. Big old lizard eye bowling ball that uh, is good for the spares, but I'm not going to use it as my main ball. It's a spare ball. That's what the guy at the bowling shop told me, the pro shop. Oh, it's a spare ball. All right, thanks. I got a spare ball. Which reminds me, I do need to buy um, a new bowling bag. <laughs> Don't we all, though? Um, Wednesday night here in uh, Virginia on one of the Fox stations is they got bowling on TV, and I found myself last night for 45 minutes straight watching people bowl. And I got to tell you, it was damn interesting. Uh, the bowling, the PBA, the Professional Bowlers Association, by the way, their uh, slogan, okay, all right, is, are you ready for it? This is a good one. Their slogan is, go bowling. That's it. Go bowling. Are they saying like, you know, uh, go bowling, like go out and bowl, or go bowling, like, you know, go Red Blacks. Oh, speaking of Red Blacks, so this was, so the Red Blacks, for everybody listening, knows, uh, you know, Grey Cup uh, champion team uh, from Two seasons, three seasons ago, I can't remember. Anyway, Ottawa Red Blacks. So we go to Beck's football banquet a um, couple weeks ago, and uh, there's a raffle. So I buy some raffle tickets because the money goes to support the uh, Rest and Youth uh, Athletic Association, the RYA. And um, what the heck? So, yeah, there's prizes. <laughs> it was funny. One of the prizes was a... Um, one of those like sound activated, uh, Groots from, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It was like a $7 gift. You can get at Spencer's. And then uh, the other end of the spectrum, it, there was a 55 inch smart TV and plopped in the middle were a Xbox and a Rydell official, um, football helmet. So Beck wins the football helmet. Anyway, uh, we got to talk to Coach Mike because he's got the contact at Rydell. And who does Beck want? He wants the Ottawa Red Blacks. Well, Mike, Mike, Coach Mike, eh, he doesn't know who the Ottawa Red Blacks are. But sure enough, we got ourselves an authentic, an authentic, an authentic Rydell replica. I mean, it's not for game use, but uh, but um, kind of like the Chewbacca mask in uh, Step Brothers was not uh, film quality. But I think we're probably the only people in Northern Virginia to have ourselves a Red Blacks football helmet. Um, bouncing around again, going from football helmets to rescue dogs to rescue cars to something I was talking about earlier that I can't remember now. Thelma and Louise and the hamster and Richard Gears anus. 
Maybe I'm going to title this podcast Richard Gere's Anus. Hashtag. Oh, it's funny. Speaking of hashtags, uh, there was one of these like hashtag challenges on Twitter that was um, called the Florida Man Challenge. And what you're supposed to do is type in your uh, Florida, type in the words Florida Man followed by your birthday. Um, and it'll give some ridiculous headline. So I typed in Florida Man on my birthday, February 25th. Thank you all for acknowledging it. I appreciate the over 100 messages of love I received on Facebook. I do, do thank you. Uh, so I typed in Florida Man and my birthday, and it came back. Uh, Florida Man tries to vape semen, which I don't know about that. I mean, you can't vape yogurt, so... I would think the same would apply. Um, I should roll back the tape because oh yeah, so this is a this is a rough transition, and then I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna write this down so I don't forget the next um, thing I want to talk about. I'm gonna type just write down four numbers twelve hundred, and that'll remind me of something. Uh, but I wanted to tell uh, people, and many people who know me know know about this, and they've been wonderful. They ask all the time when I speak with them, or in emails, or on Facebook. And uh, so back in October of uh, last year, so right towards the end of, uh, of 2018, uh, my mother, uh, she fell at home in Ottawa, and she... Um, she did some damage to her two of her vertebrae, and she broke her foot, and she uh, needed five stitches in her head because she smashed it. Anyway, uh, after a number of months in rehab and uh, getting, she's better. She's back. She's home. She still has some pain, but she's she's a trooper, and she's she's on with it, and she's she's doing everything. Which leads me to my father, who, while all of that was going on, um, my father had to. He, he checked into a retirement residence thinking that would be the best thing for, for him for the, you know, in the interim while my mother recovered. And, um, anyway, long story short, well, long story short, that was back in November. Uh, and his, um, cause my mother had happened at the end of October. So beginning of November, anyway, his, uh, his blood pressure dropped and his heart rate slowed down one night and they had to get him to the hospital. And it turns out he needed a, a pacemaker and, uh, you know, as it was, he was, he was getting weaker because, um, he, he just was for a bunch of reasons. Um, anyway, uh, so he, um, was in the hospital and then his appendix burst and then he had this infection because the appendix burst and blah, blah, blah. So long story short, my mom, I just said that and it's really still long. My mother got out of the hospital and my father, uh, my mother got out of a rehab hospital and then my father you know, days later, not days, maybe a few weeks later, checked into the very same rehab hospital two doors down from the room that my mother was in, which is where my father is right now. Um, and slowly but surely, he is uh, recovering. And I want to thank everybody who has asked me about uh, my parents. Um, I, I, it truly means a lot to me because um, you take the time out of your day to ask me. And I, I, I do really appreciate that. Because they are, uh, you know, my parents, and they're important to me. I got a new phone. I keep on having to press it because it's it's the iPhone 10, and and it doesn't have the home button. That spam call left me voicemail. I wonder what it could be. Maybe I want to. It's always thank you for being a Marriott's reward member, and then they're going to award me some crap. So the number 1200. Why did I write that down? Well, 
I'm going to tell you. Uh, Energy 1200, CFGO 1200 uh, in Ottawa was a radio station I listened to growing up. Many people did. Uh, at first, a lot of people listened to, of my age, before we got into FM radio, uh, a lot of people listened to uh, CFRA, which at the time, back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, was a music station. And uh, then they, uh, one of their broadcasters famously quit on air man by the name of Mark Elliott, who recently passed away. Um, but uh, he famously quit on air and jumped. And after that, he went over to to uh, this radio station, CFGO 1200. I don't know how long he lasted there, maybe a year or so, but then he left. He had some, some substance abuse issues and some other stuff, and he ended up uh, getting clean, getting sober, and, starting a, and uh, having a radio program uh, based out of Windsor, Ontario, that was uh, simulcast to a bunch of other stations throughout Ontario where he offered advice uh, to those struggling with addiction and depression and other issues. And um, it was funny because I got to meet Mark Elliott uh, some years later when I worked at the radio station. And uh, I said to him, you know, I remember listening to you as a kid. You're a big reason I got involved in radio. And he was very gracious and he was very thankful and he said he had been hearing a lot of that from around that building, which was nice, right? So, so I get this job at the radio station and I get to work with this man whose name is Brian Scott. And Brian was the morning man on Energy 1200, part of the morning zoo. You remember that was a big thing in the, uh, in the 80s in North American radio, the morning zoo, because it was just wild in uh, in that booth you know you had the traffic guy you had the sports guy in the case of energy 1200 and then later magic 100 you had a sports guy who never went to one single sporting event i don't recall ever once seeing the great flash ferguson yes flash ferguson at any sporting event ever but he did like the picture of my dog oakley she was wonderful. And actually, it's near the end of March. We're coming up on her yard site. Um, what is it, 18? It's going to be eight. No, 19. It's going to be nine years ago this uh, this April when we had to put that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful dog down. She was just an amazing... Uh, I'm fucking all over the place here. So, anyway. So, I get to work with... I, I wrote commercials. I wasn't on the air. I would occasionally voice commercials. Um... And by voice, I mean be in the background going, tell me more. <laughs> or what we would do is if we ever needed a crowd, a bunch of us would get in the recording booth and the producer would just get us saying rhubarb over and over again. Rhubarb, 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 because it sounds like mumbling. So, um, so I get to work with Brian Scott. And Brian, after Mark Elliott, Brian was the, the second uh, person I, I <clears throat> looked up to, I guess, or, or wanted to know and work with in radio. And so I get to work with uh, Brian and he is wonderful. He's the morning guy, uh, him and Pam, something, Pam, Pam, ba -da -ba -da Pam, Pam, I can't remember. Newton, Pam, New Pam Newton. I'm thinking of Cam Newton. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, um, so Brian's a morning man, and he's a morning man on a, uh, Energy 1200. The FM morning man, uh, Kevin Nelson, is um, 
so Kevin was like arrogant and pompous, but at some point it actually became just an act. Uh, he was a genuinely a nice guy, very forgetful and didn't really care to know you, but he was Kevin and, and you, you, you took Kevin for Kevin. <laughs> and, and, um, anyway, some years later, Kevin would pass away. Uh, but so I get to work with Brian, wonderful guy. Uh, just as nice in person as he was on the radio. Um, the first Christmas party, I started working at the radio station in uh, late July, early August of 90, I want to say 94. And um, and at the first Christmas party, uh, Brian and Kevin are the MCs, and they're giving out prizes, they're drawing, you know, tickets, and uh, they, they pull, you know, a name or a number, I can't remember what it was, and Brian turns to Kevin... And and says to him, uh, Kevin, something to the effect of, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you have no idea who this person is. <laughs> and, and Kevin looks at the name and uh, he says, um, yeah, you are, you are right. I don't know who this person is, but... John Baker, come on up and claim your $50 Rito Center gift certificate. <laughs> so, so I go up and I introduce myself to Kevin, who I'd been working with, by the way, for August, November, October, November, December, four or five months at this point. Um, but yeah, no idea who I was. But again, that was Kevin. And over the years, of course, we got to know each other, and he was a really nice guy. Uh, so that was one of my favorite uh, Brian Scott uh, stories, and then you know I was part of the 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 Energy twelve hundred baseball team, and um, and uh, it was just it was it was fun to go out afterwards for pizza with these people who I had grown up listening to. Um, it was also very disappointing when people would uh, find out I worked at a radio station and found out that I was just writing commercials. They thought about it anyway. So um, sometime after that. Uh, we had a co-op student working in the creative department, and um, so long story short about this guy, he robbed us. He, ca I came in one morning, and the main computer in the office was missing. A bunch of laptops were gone, and um, and I think that was it. Laptops and computers. So yeah, he robbed us, and they actually had video surveillance of this kid walking into the radio station, you know, at eleven o'clock at night using the backdoor code. Um, and, uh, loading up a du empty duffel bag, leaving full duffel bag. So the radio station decided not to do anything because they didn't want it to get out to the media that they were robbed by a co-op student because they thought that might be embarrassing, but we're on some 22 years now. So I think I can tell the story anyway. Um, we got robbed and immediately after that, the station owner decides to put in some more security um, uh, devices, I guess. I don't know. And really, what do they do? They give everybody in the, in the building their own um, personalized code to get into the back door, which basically, you know, was high tech for this radio station. They didn't have the fucking internet by the time the station closed. So... In fact, I remember sitting in a sales meeting with one of the sales reps going, who's going to check out www. Whatever. It's not going to last. Well, Tina, guess what? It 
not only lasted, it fucking changed everything. So, um, back to being robbed. We get robbed and they put in this new security system and, uh, the general manager of the radio station, a woman by the name of Diane Wilson. And again, cause I say there's no internet and, uh, she writes up a three or four page, um, memo about the robbery, the new security system that's been installed, the ways we are supposed to use the security system, the, uh, you know, when to come in after hours, who to let, who you should let know, blah, 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 blah. It is just a fucking waste of time, this, this sheet of paper. This is busy work that the woman did. So I'm a 20-something-year-old smartass, and I decide I am going to we had also at the time got a new coffee machine in the, in the, in the, uh, kitchen. This story's going on way too fucking long. So I decide I am going to mock her and I write a memo, which I distribute to a few people about how to use the coffee machine. If you want coffee, select coffee. Um, coffee will cost you 75 cents. You can put in uh, either three quarters, which equals 75 cents, or you could put in two quarters, two dimes in a nickel. You could put in seven dimes and one nickel. You could put in 14 nickels or 15 nickels. You could, and I, anyway, and then I go on to tea. If you want tea, select tea. Make sure you want tea because if you select coffee but want tea, you will get coffee. And like I, anyway, I only write a page of this. This is how busy I was at the time. Not like today where I'm just fucking sitting here rambling on before I go out. In the, the, how long? When am I going out? You <laughs> really, I'm building up the end. Oh, 11.05. I got to go out soon. So, um, if you want coffee, select coffee. You can tea, blah, blah, blah. Write it up. Give it to a few select people. Um, I give it to uh, Diane's assistant as a joke. I give it to, and I wrote my name on the bottom of it, uh, John Baker. Boom, really fucking proud of this thing. So what does Nancy do? That's Diane's assistant. Nancy gives it to Diane and not, on, and, and not only does that, she posts it, Nancy, on her office door, which is like when you come up the stairs and around the corner, that was the first door. If it was closed, you would see. So she's got this coffee and tea mocky memo on her door. Okay. I go into Diane's office and I am fucking groveling because I'm new, maybe a year. And, um, yeah, yeah, this was the co-op student after me and I'm groveling. I am so sorry. I, I had no idea that it was going to get, oh, she's like, don't worry about it. It is pretty ridiculous what I wrote, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I let it go. She lets it go. I let it go. Obviously I still remember it. Anyway. The radio station got sold a few years later, and we're having a big end of Rolco. That was the company uh, that owned the stations. End of Rolco party. We are going over to Energy or to uh, Chum down on Walkley Road. Doesn't matter. Uh, it's not there anymore. It's down in the market. Doesn't matter. Uh, so we um, we're having this party, and everybody is making you know speeches and little, little toasts about the about the radio station and all of this stuff. And, um, Brian gets up and he talks about how this has been a huge part of his life and et cetera, et cetera. And he, 
then looks at me and he says, I want to mention, by the way, that um, we had this uh, new staff at the time. You were working here, you're John Baker. Everybody knows him. He's standing right over there. I have to applaud John because um, not only did he have the... Um, not, no, not only did he, he decide to openly mock the station's general manager, he had the balls to sign his name to it. <laughs> and, um, and that is probably one of my favorite, um, stories. Brian also brought in, uh, battling tops to our, um, to our office and we would sometimes spend some time in the office playing battling tops with Brian and Allison and Andy and myself and Len from promotions. And um, anyway, some of the best uh, times of my work life were at that radio station. And why, as I go all the way back and closer to the microphone, why am I telling you all this? Because of course you knew I was getting to this point. Um, Brian... Scott passed away um, a little over a week ago uh, of cancer, and uh, he left behind a, a wife and um, a, two children, maybe. Uh, Brian was doing radio right up until the end, uh, till he couldn't do it anymore, and um, his wife, Deb, who I knew from the radio station, um, she worked there as well, wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, but Brian was one of the best and he, um, yeah, just a solid dude and, um, a really wonderful person to know when, when a young person was getting into radio, which I'm not in anymore, but, uh, as you could probably tell from past podcasts, uh, radio was a huge part of my life, and the people who worked there in many instances also were a huge part of my life, and Brian was influential, um, and I wanted to share those stories because they make me laugh, and they make me smile when I think about them, and Brian was a good dude. So I think maybe um, with that, I'm going to wrap it up because uh, it's a little after 11 on a Thursday morning. I'm sitting here in my pajamas. I have really got to pee. You didn't need to know that. And I'm going to uh, try to get some more guests coming up because as much as I love rambling on, I also um, do enjoy talking to people. So um, the other thing is last night uh, I was watching The Karate Kid. It was on one of the many thousand networks we get down here. And there's that scene near the end of The Karate Kid. Uh, where Elizabeth Shue, I think, is in an arcade, and someone comes up to her and they're like, hey, are you going to the karate tournament uh, today or this weekend? Of course. And it reminded me back of my days in the 80s when, uh, you know, everybody was going to karate tournaments as spectators. I mean, this was a weekly event, like... Oh, you'd get on the highway, traffic would be backed up. You're like, oh, everybody must. You turn on the radio, traffic's backed up end to end. Everyone's getting ready to go to that big karate tournament in the West End. Nobody did that. Um, okay, so I ended up trying to be funny and it might have fallen flat. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this rambling mess of topics all over the place. Um, the podcast is called Too Lazy to Write. You can find it on iTunes or in Google Play. 
Uh, just search it out, but it's the number two, the word lazy, the number two, the word write, too lazy to write. You can also find the website at toolazytowrite.com. Again, the number two, the word lazy, the number two, the word write, the dot, the com. And you can find me on Twitter at the real John Baker. You can find me on Instagram at Johnny Bakes. And if you're my friend on Facebook, it's John Baker, but I'm going to be posting this and you're going to find it and you're going to go to the link and you're going to listen to it. And I really appreciate it. And um, I'm going to hopefully get back at this regularly. Um, I want to thank everybody who's asked me about my parents. I really, once again, appreciate it. And um, now I'm going to let the guy sing the uh, the song that lets you know the show's over. Mm-hmm.